with self-care and fitness. It should be part of our lives, whether we have diastasis recti or not. I'm passionate about wholeness and health because if as moms we're burnt out or broken, we can't really effectively take care of anybody. So I think self-care is very important and fitness is also part of that. After working with thousands of women, that you are worth the time that you spend on yourself. We tend to put ourselves last because we think we're doing the right thing, caring for everybody else. Hi, everybody. This is Rajane Mora, and this is Built by FitBod. Welcome back to the show. As you heard, that's Rajane Mora. That's our guest today. She's going to be talking about core health, something that affects everyone, possibly. So one of the conditions she mentions today that she specializes in is diastasis recti. And I wanted to read the description of this so you get an idea where we're going today. You may have heard of the condition called diastasis recti in postpartum women, but the condition can affect anyone, including men. The most notable symptom of diastasis recti is a noticeable pooch in your stomach. This pooch is caused by weakness and separation of the muscles in the mid-abdomen. This is your abs, folks. So maybe you've experienced this as a part of postpartum, or maybe as a man, you've got a little bit of a pooch, a little bit of a beer belly. Uh, we're going to be talking with Rajane Mora today and the program that she's put together to help folks treat that. Now, Gio, she's a friend of yours, right? How long have you known Rajane? I know Rajane for over 10 years. I met her through my wife and my wife is actually a client of hers. Mm. And Janika, this is a condition that affects women in postpartum. Is this something that you've experienced? Every woman who goes through pregnancy actually does experience this. She talks about how it's a natural part of pregnancy, how your hormones allow for your abdomen to stretch while the baby grows. But she did say that for most women, that does resolve itself naturally as your body puts itself back together after going through a pregnancy, usually about a year. Uh, most women experience that you know things go back to normal. But she also shared a statistic that says that one in three women, actually, it will not resolve and, and it will not resolve on its own. I think a lot of us think that if we just are doing more core work, if we're just doing more sit-ups, if we're just doing more of those exercises that we think that we need to do for our abs. And she actually talks about how those can exacerbate the condition if we're not specifically addressing the things that need to be done to bring that separation back together. So it's a very interesting, very informative interview. And I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this. I'm excited to share this with folks. So let's get right into the interview. Rajane, welcome to our podcast. Give us a little bit of background of your education before we dive into your little growing social media empire. All right. My bachelor's degree is in biochemistry and my master's is in health education. And it's more in the realm of public health. I'm trained in fitness, more group exercise. I also ran a gym, the old curves. I don't think they're around anymore, but I consider that as part of my educational background too. You have a little niche. It revolves around diastasis recti. Tell the audience what that is exactly and how'd you come about getting into this niche? Okay. Diastasis, I've even heard diastasis recti <laughs> is literally means separation of the rectus abdominis, which it's more so a stretching of the midline connective tissue of the abdominal wall. And it's very prevalent. 100% of moms that go into their third trimester of pregnancy get this condition. It's absolutely normal. It's necessary. It just allows for the stretching of the baby so the stomach can stretch to accommodate the baby. 
And what is more so normal is that it would resolve itself and come back together postpartum, especially by a year postpartum. But for about one out of three of us, and some suggest that even more than one out of three of us moms, it doesn't. It needs a type of some sort of rehab program to bring it back together. I found out about this is because I had it myself (laughs) and I had no idea. Like with my background in fitness, working with women, even as a health educator, I worked in a clinic with first time moms and I never heard of it. Never heard of it. Not after my first baby, but after the second baby, third baby, I've had four babies. After the second baby, especially because he was almost a pound bigger than my first one. And it was a consecutive pregnancy. So I had stretched before and come back together. I was doing all the right things that I knew from my exercise and fitness and health background and nothing was working. And I had lost the weight because I'm plant-based and just my lifestyle. I had lost all of the weight. And I was like, why do I still look several months pregnant after I get bloated? And I was like, something is not quite right. And I found out about diastasis recti that way. Then I had some other issues like lower back problems that were actually pretty major. I pinched a nerve one day just doing a very trivial task and literally could not stand up. And I was like, what is going on? I couldn't carry my baby. He was, I forget how old he was, but he wasn't walking yet. I couldn't even stand up straight. I went to the physical therapist and he was like, you pinched a nerve. Your core is very weak. You need to resolve your weak core. That did it for me. I was for several days not able to stand up straight and I couldn't hold my own baby. It was more than just an aesthetic issue. It was a functional issue for me. Then I just dove into trying to understand what is this thing? How do you fix it? Is it fixable and how do you fix it? And I certified in it specifically. I started working on myself. I was working with other women and we can get into that a little bit more. And then in that process, this thing that I've been doing that's under the name of Mommy Mango kind of came out of that. So how did you actually get diagnosed? Who actually diagnosed this as something that you needed to address? My midwife, actually. She and then the physical therapist confirmed it, but she knew about it because I did a home birth with my second baby and she did a lot of postpartum care and she was just an amazing, knowledgeable person and she shared that information with me. And then I just started Googling it all over the place and Dr. Google taught me a bit more (laughs) until I certified in it. So did she have a lot of advice for you as to how to recover from that and what to do specifically? Or is that something that you had to educate yourself on? I had to educate myself. She had a couple suggestions, but they weren't working. And I had to dig deeper. What she gave me was advice I had heard other places as well when I was Googling it from Dr. Google. It just wasn't working. (laughs) It wasn't working. And all the different YouTubers, I remember talking to a friend of mine who's a beach body coach. And I was asking her if she knew anything about it. She had a friend that had some videos. I looked at her videos and they were similar to what my midwife was telling me. It wasn't working. That's how I started my YouTube channel. Actually, I saw the different exercises. There wasn't a lot of variety out there. And so I actually started to make my own exercises, just not like ever thinking that I was going to make a business out of it but just in part for myself and other moms to you know, be able to get that kind of help and with the exercises. And then I was working with lots of women. Dr. Marin, uh, Gio's wife, she was with me from almost the very beginning. I started a Facebook group after I put these exercises together on a YouTube channel. I did maybe almost 30 exercises and I was like, okay, I'm going to do these exercises. And I would just love if 10 people joined me and did it with me. And so I started a Facebook support group And now we have like over 6,000 moms in that group. And when it got to about like, I don't know, maybe 300, I was like, 
oh, this is a lot bigger than I was thinking that it was going to be. <laughs> you know, we were all just troubleshooting in the group. And then I just really wanted to learn more. And that's how I ended up certifying because I just wanted to help the moms in the group more. And then it started becoming like a whole job. And then I refined when I was doing off of the YouTube version, I realized some of the things that needed to be refined. And then I made a whole program because I was inspired from having worked with the thousands of women that ended up joining my group and myself. And that's how I came up with the course that I have now. That is amazing. What are some of the typical exercises people think would work, but actually don't work? And what are the exercises that do work? Yes, that is a great question because the traditional ab exercises that you see on YouTube, sit-ups and crunches, especially in the beginning, V-sits, Russian twists. When moms start doing them postpartum and they don't know how to engage properly or they're not strong enough to do those exercises, they can actually, I hate to say this because I don't want to like scare moms, they can actually make it worse. And I didn't realize that. And doing something like a sit-up, when I do lives and talk to people and explain this, I'm usually like showing them I wear this like muscle suit and I'm showing all the muscles. But you know, when you're doing a sit-up, sometimes if you watch yourself or somebody else doing a sit-up, they're not able to keep their abdomen in flat using their core muscles, especially the deepest core muscle, the transverse abdominis. And so they end up getting this bulging. And because the midline tissue that I was talking about that connects the abs at the midline is already stretched out, that increase in pressure and that bulging can further press on that connective tissue and cause, I hate to say it to stretch more, but it's possible. And then it definitely won't help it come back in and come back together. Now, those exercises can be reintegrated into a exercise program with somebody with diastasis recti if they understand how to use the core properly and they build up enough strength to do so. So I don't want anyone out there with diastasis recti to feel like, oh no, I can't sit up in bed or I can't sit up or I'll make it worse. No, you just have to learn proper engagement strategies and then know what exercises to do to strengthen those deep core muscles that help you pull it back in. And to answer your second question, Gio, what exercises to do? You want to start off with exercises that, and it's not this simplistic because we actually work on understanding how to breathe properly when you engage your core so that your pelvic floor, which is connected to this whole thing, engages properly with your deep core, your transverse abdominus muscle, which literally wraps around your waistline and cinches you in the corset, supporting your core and bringing you in. So when you do exercises that help to build the strength of that deepest core muscle, it's really going to help you pull in your core and support it whenever you're doing a deep core function. I hope that makes sense. I know that's like a lot and kind of Yeah, you just really want to strengthen that. It's a muscle that's almost like a waist trainer or a support belt, if you will. And so when you strengthen that, then you can do a lot of those exercises, sit-ups over time and crunches, no problem. But you just have to learn those particular exercises that strengthen the deep core first and how to engage properly. Fantastic information. I love it. And I want to get the word out. First of all, (laughs) my daughter is pregnant and I'm concerned about her coming out of the pregnancy and finding this information to be super valuable. Tell folks how they can find you. Mommy Mango, if you go on TikTok, that's probably my biggest platform is on TikTok. And then I have a YouTube channel under Mommy Mango, Instagram, Mommy Mango. (laughs) You can go on mommymango.com. That's just Mommy Mango everywhere. (laughs) So that's probably the easiest way to find me. 
So what's the history behind the name Mommy Mango? I actually have two of my four kids are allergic to citrus and berries. And so it, they feel really left out because they don't get those really fun fruits. But we are, my husband and I are at least half Caribbean-ish. And so mangoes are part of uh, something that we've grown up enjoying because of our parents. He's half Puerto Rican, I'm half Trinidadian. And so we had that Caribbean flair. So our kids who can't eat berries, we're like, who cares about berries and citrus? Mango's the best fruit ever. So we just really love mangoes. And uh, my husband and my kids were helping me come up with a name when I was thinking of the YouTube name. And Mommy Mango came up and the ki- my husband said it, I think, first. He was like, what about Mommy Mango? After a bunch of different things. And then the kids were like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess it's Mommy Mango. We looked at whatever, GoDaddy or whatever, and that was available. <laughs> A lot of other things weren't available. I was like, oh, that was just perfect. And it just has stuck and we've fallen in love with it. And people often can't remember Regine, how to say it, how to spell it, which I totally understand. <laughs> a mommy mango is just unforgettable. And I see mm-hmm. people like on their social media, they're like, yeah, I'm doing mommy mangoes exercises. It's like so funny to hear people call me like mommy mango. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story that I know and my colleagues here will appreciate. You got in trouble with social media because of a suit. You wore. <laughs> you guys have been doing your research. <laughs> Explain to the audience what that was about and how did you resolve it? Okay. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm a very visual teacher. And even like I've taught undergrad health 101, even in a clinical setting, I used to love like getting props just to show patients you know, really helped them understand what was going on. And when I use different props and diagrams and 3D models, I just really felt like they could understand better what was going on and feel more comfortable about whatever disease or condition or whatever they had. And so I'm just a visual teacher. I was like, what can I use to help people understand? I thought I'm going to use a muscle suit, (laughs) a suit that looks like the muscles on my body. And I Google it or looked it up. Of course, Amazon has everything. So I found a suit on Amazon and I put it on. And I started talking about teaching about diastasis recti to show the muscles and TikTok after it hit like about 4,000 views. I was like, Oh wow, this is getting a lot of views. And then we took it down. It was a community ban because it was showing nipples. Even though it was a man's muscle suit, you could see nipples on there. And I think they must have some kind of computer algorithm because they must not have seen it. Cause I obviously wasn't showing nipples at all on my body or a female body. You can't show, mm-hmm. which I understand, female nipples on TikTok. I did contest it, but in the meantime, I put a sports bra on top of my suit. <laughs> and that <laughs> video actually became like one of my first viral videos. And it was me putting on the suit on top of my clothes and then putting on more clothes, my sports bra and I even had some little shorts at first on top. And I was telling TikTok and everybody that I am the most clothed person on TikTok because I have on three layers of clothes. And a lot of people on TikTok have very little clothes and get away with a lot of things. (laughs) And that was one of my probably more viral videos. I don't know if that got like over, I don't remember in the hundreds of thousands of views. And I think everything took off. I got a lot of attention for that. And then people were like, oh, what is this? And it went from there. So now, and then AOT fans, for those who are into anime, were really into that. I didn't realize it was an anime type of suit. That was a big deal too. And I even had Funimation, never heard of Funimation, but they're apparently a very big anime 
producer in the United States commented on my videos and thanked me for sharing <laughs> education using an anime suit. <laughs> and everyone was so excited that Funimation commented on my video. And I was like, who's Funimation? But they're apparently extremely popular. And so all of these things got attention, but then it also got positive attention because then moms learned about what we're doing. What are some of the things that they should be looking for in order to know that they maybe need a little bit more of a different approach to their fitness? The biggest thing I think that moms see is just that they feel like they're bloated or if there's anything in the abdominal area like weight or bloating, it takes on more of a pregnant look than just a big overweight look because of how the connective tissue is stretched out in that area. It's going to be more stretched out in the way that we were pregnant. So that stretched out connective tissue just keeps on that form. And I have moms will say, I can look flat when I wake up, but then when I get bloated or eat or smell food, I bloat and it doesn't just look like normal bloating. It looks like pregnant bloating and it's okay. Other things like for myself and a lot of moms will complain of back pain. And that is not, I want to go by what the research says. The research will say that with diastasis recti, it's not directly correlated with diastasis recti, the stretching of the connective tissue itself. But often diastasis recti is going to be a signal that you have or have had a weakened core. If you haven't resolved that weakness, you can have back problems. You can also have incontinence issues. But those things, if you strengthen the deep core, but still have a bit of a diastasis, it, it's no longer problematic. I'm trying to separate these things here because of what the research really says. For myself, I still have some separation and that's within the normal range. But because I've strengthened my core, a lot of that has resolved as far as like the other connective tissue surrounding the deep core muscles are stronger and help support my core. So I don't have a lot of the symptoms. So it's the asymptomatic separation. You have guys that get separation because of maybe poor lifting habits if they're a heavyweight lifter. If you Google heavyweight lifters and diastasis recti, you can really see diastasis recti because their abs are so defined, especially the rectus abdominis, and you can see that separation in guys sometimes. So you can have a very functional diastasis, but most likely if a mom has diastasis, she probably has a weakened core if she's never worked on her deep core. And she will probably experience that kind of look of being pregnant, back pain, and possibly incontinence as well, because the pelvic floor muscles are connected with our transverse abdominis, that deepest core muscle that helps to support us. If people do these exercises, can you completely recover from this? Or is this something that you'll always have to address once those muscles have been stretched? For most women, exercises can resolve any functional, dysfunctional issues that we would have. Mm -hmm. And the exercises, like I said before, you could still have, I still have some diastasis in part because I had, this was after my fourth child. He's two now. And I still breastfeed him and the hormones that are circulating in my body help to relax the tissues still. So once I'm done nursing or once a mother is done nursing and about a few months after that, then when all the hormones return back to normal, that would normally relax the tissues to help for the expansion of the baby. When all that resolves and a mom does the exercises for however long she needs to do them, it can be resolved. Now, a person's diastasis may not totally... Like there's that, here's your rectus abdominis. Let's say, so this is why I wear suit, <laughs> muscle suit. Mm-hmm. But let's just say these are the six pack muscles. It's not really six, but either way, you know how we call mm-hmm. it, the six pack muscles. And they're close together. They separate from each other. Now this tissue at the midline 
would be weaker. And even the connective tissue that wraps the muscles here, all the muscles of the core, all of those are stretched out and weakened. Now, as you work on it, it can all start to resolve and come back together and tighten up. They may not come back together all the way. So you might technically have a diastasis of separation, but because it's all tight and strong, you would have no functional issues that you would have to keep on babying, if that makes Mm. sense. Yeah, that does. We've been talking about women and pregnancy, but men can have this too, right? Are the exercises the same or how prevalent is it in men as well? I am not going to lie to you and say that I know everything about the men's side because it's still being, I think it's a newer thing and I have my ideas as to why. We're seeing it more with middle age, maybe 40 plus. I have had a couple of guys buy my program. It does seem that they can resolve the issue faster. They can progress through the program faster, maybe because they don't have the amount of stretching that a mom would normally. I'm not sure the prevalence, so I'll answer that Mm -hmm. straight up. I don't really, I'm not sure of the prevalence, but I think it might be tied to just a more sedentary lifestyle of sitting a lot. I go through in my program postural issues that would exacerbate the problem or prevent it from healing for moms. And I think it's very similar for guys. If you're working in very sedentary sitting a lot, it does things with the hip flexors that affects the back that can cause the stomach to more protrude. And then as we get older, the connective tissue or the fascia or the collagen, that same thing that's in our face that prevents us from regenerating and keeping that youthful skin is the same tissue that makes the connective tissue and may not regenerate as quickly as it did when you're younger. So for a guy, it could be between posture, age, and just having that abdominal fat. It could be extra stress adding to the visceral fat because of the cortisol and all that goes on. And so having that kind of distension because of all the fat that accumulates around the midline as a result of stress and not just mental stress, but even just other kinds of stress. So I think a lot of those things together, it seems like it's starting to affect guys as they get up into their middle age. So I've actually been working on trying to duplicate my program and modify it to be more guy friendly, but they can really do the same program that I have for women, but I would probably progress them through it quicker because they don't need to take the type of time that a mom would need to. At the same time that we're working on our deep core, the transverse abdominis, we have to, as moms, work on the pelvic floor at the same time. For guys, I was consulting with a physical therapist who has been with me on this journey from the very beginning, Dr. Lexi, Alexia Harrigan. She's an awesome resource for our community. I was just chatting with her about this as we're wanting to duplicate this program. She said, I don't think the guys will need that kind of pelvic floor support. So they would just probably need the transverse abdominus strengthening and increase the progression, they continue to be challenged. Cause like sometimes you'll go on YouTube and you'll Google like diastasis recti exercises. They'll give you three exercises to do every day. Now you can't do that. You have to increase the load so that you're continually challenging that connective tissue. So that would be the biggest concern I think for the guys is making sure they continue, they're challenging the transverse abdominis and they're continuing to progress that load so that the connective tissue will respond by tightening. And we just have to keep pace with them to make sure they're continuing to experience that challenge. And I think they could resolve pretty well, a lot easier than women would. We're built by Fitbod. Fitbod is a, an exercise app. And I'm thinking about the exercises that might possibly treat that area. I'm thinking like planks and breathing exercises and maybe planks at different angles. I know you can't explain your entire program, but talk a little bit about the exercises. Plank. That's a very popular one. I like how you said like the planks at different angles because what you would want to do is learn how to target the transverse abdominis. 
that deepest core muscle first, because a lot of us aren't really connected to that deepest core muscle, especially after we've stretched it out. And like I said, with the guys, it's the same thing with the females. We have to just continue to load those muscles, the transverse abdominis. And if you were doing something like a plank, you would want to have the ability to pull your entire abdomen in flat using your transverse abdominis. It's similar like with the sit-up. If you're seeing people doing a sit-up and you're seeing a lot of bulging because they can't use their transverse abdominis to hold it back in, that's showing that there's some imbalance there and they need to continue strengthening the transverse abdominis. I guess there are some names for exercises that are specific to the transverse abdominis, kind of like bird dog, if you've heard of bird dog. Planks, if you do a plank like up against a wall to start out with, and then challenge yourself by engaging your transverse abdominis if you really are connected to that muscle. So then if you can do that, you would continue to do that. And if, if you can do that easily, you would progress down to the chair or countertop or something like that. And you would keep working that way until you can go down to the floor and do a full plank, no problem. Whether your diastasis is resolved or not, if you're strong enough, then you're good. So it's really about targeting that transverse abdominis <laughs> within other exercises. And that's why I, I try not to scare moms, but I want them to be warned that sit-ups can make it worse. I had a mom come to me in my group and she said, yeah, I was so excited. I did CrossFit. And I was like, I'm going to come out with abs of steel. She said, and I came out with a pointy belly. And she said, I'm so glad to be here in this group. Tell me what to do. And I was like, wow. So that's basically it. Bird dog is another one I can think of as far as it actually has a name. Cause like I make up names for the exercises that we do in the course. I'm trying to think of another one that's fit. Pelvic tilts. That's one of those good beginner exercises. Clamshells. That's one of those beginner exercises that really help you to challenge your transverse abdominis. What about something like a frog pump? That's in the FitBot app. So that would be helpful. Yes, I would think so. Bridges are good. It's just you want to make sure that when you're doing that, your stomach isn't ballooning up, that you're thinking of connecting to your deep core and you're bringing that all in. So that would be helpful. Yes, I would think so. I'm sure I have that one somewhere. It's not in my actual program because it's not specific to that muscle, but it's definitely helpful for that and accessory muscles because your hips are included in your core, your back is included in your core, your glutes are a major part of your core. So we do have to work those accessory muscles to help support your core. And so that would be a great one for the glutes. And So it's definitely, I'm pretty sure I have that. I have a Mommy Mango Fit Camp and they're like total body exercises that are suitable for moms with diastasis recti. Because my diastasis recti program is just focused on diastasis recti. But for those moms who don't want to worry about, okay, is this exercise program that I found on YouTube hurting me or helping me? I have a little like subscription-based plan that they can do total body workouts so they don't have to worry about, is this hurting me or helping me? I'm pretty sure I have those frog pumps, as you call them, in that series. Regine, I am so impressed how you've taken something that was a problem for you, something that you were struggling with, to reaching out to creating a community, to turning it into a business for yourself. I find that <laughs> no. like, super inspiring. And obviously, it's your calling. What programs do you offer? Like, How much has this grown for you? When did I start offering the program? Probably about a year ago. I started with the course. I was so used to doing it for free for so long that I didn't even know how to charge people. Like I really did it. My mom was like, you're doing a lot. You probably need to start charging or something. And I was like, but they, I've always done it for free. I don't think they're going to pay for it. And then here's a year later in sales wise, it's more than my first job out of college. It's mm-hmm. been really exciting because I just never imagined that it would go there. I have the eight week core challenge, which is my signature program for diastasis recti. And then I have the Mommy Mango Fit Camp. 
that is the total body exercises and actually working on some other courses right now to be an accessory to that. But also because of my journey and the tools that I've used to get where I am as a online fitness coach course, I'm working on Mommy Men Go Boss and helping other moms who are entrepreneurs balance life, business, kids, house, home, and their health as well. I'm going to be launching that this month, actually. That's so exciting for you. Very exciting. So how many women have you helped so far? Do you have numbers of how many to date you have? (sighs) What are some of your numbers? In my programs, because I have free and paid, it's literally in the thousands probably 20,000 plus who have taken part in my programs. And then like on my TikTok, we're at over 200,000 followers there. YouTube is over, I don't know, maybe under 20,000 followers there. TikTok is fairly new in relative to YouTube and stuff like that. What have been some of the insights or differences between TikTok and YouTube? TikTok has been such a blessing for me because you get a lot of reach there that you just don't get on the other platforms. And that's one thing I encourage other business owners and even my fellow mompreneurs, especially if you don't have a lot of money for advertising or something like that, if you're just getting started, TikTok has been huge. If I have a video that takes off in TikTok, I mean, if I get 100,000 views, which I've had views in the millions, if I have 100,000 views on a video that's specifically talking about what I do, sales come in. And so it really makes a difference. I feel like TikTok for me, I was encouraged to join by a friend who's like, you need to get on TikTok. I was like, what? That's for kids. I'm like, almost 40. And I'm just like, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to do those whatever. And they're like, you don't have to, you don't have to. I fell in love with it because for YouTube, there's a lot of editing that takes place. And when you have four kids, you, you don't have that kind of time all the time. And for TikTok, I could do a quick video and have it edited in less than 15 minutes or even less than that sometimes, because it could just be a really quick one. A lot of my most lucrative ones, not necessarily my most viral ones, but my most lucrative ones were trends that literally took me 10 seconds to create. And it really made a difference. That actually grew my other platforms, my email list. It grew that it grew my YouTube following. I was probably under a thousand followers on YouTube before I started TikTok. And then because of TikTok videos and just repurposing, like I would tell anybody, if you're a fitness trainer, whatever you do, if you want to spread the word, go on TikTok and make those videos and then repurpose them for all of your platforms. Because if they work on TikTok, most likely they'll work on the other ones because TikTok has the shortest attention span ever. So if you can capture their attention, you're likely to be able to catch the attention of all the other ones. And just that Instagram and YouTube and Facebook started putting, adding to their platform, short form video that shows you that they realize it works. That would definitely be something that I don't think I would be where I am today if I didn't get on TikTok when I did and do what I did on TikTok. Regina, you're a mommypreneur, you're a wife, you're a mother of four children. What do you do, though, for fun, if there's even any time for that? Like you specifically. (laughs) So fun. One thing I like to do is I've always enjoyed like recreational activities, like going out and doing things out. Like I'm not a watch a movie at home kind of person. I've always liked to go out and have fun. And we took our kids to one of those places that has like rock climbing and laser tag and all of that. And 
me watching my kids was just the most boring thing I thought it was ever in my life because I was like, I want to play here without having to watch the kids. And so my husband and I decided we're going to come back and we're going to do this. I love doing that kind of thing. Like for fun, going out, I love indoor. I'm not really outdoor so much. I've never tried it. Rock climbing and just really play, like things to do with your body and play. Even when I was in college, I remember going on dates and people like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to play tennis. I want to play soccer. I want to. So for fun, I would say I really enjoy a little bit of healthy outdoor competition. That makes it more fun too. I'm a little bit competitive and like to just beat my husband, beat my kids. Every. <laughs> so like the last time we went to this rock climbing place, I had gone before with my kid and he had set this record time, my firstborn. He is like amazing outdoor, like core. He climbs trees to where you think he's going to die. He's just very agile, very. And so he had this really great time. And I went with my husband and I was on that thing, just trying to beat his time and trying to beat my husband and everybody. I'm just really bad. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's what I like to do. What's in store for Mommy Mango? I know you mentioned you have a new course coming out or product coming out. How big do you want to grow this empire of yours? I've really enjoyed working with moms. I think that's why like having gone through this journey on growing a business out of a passion has been really fun for me. And I have a heart for moms, especially like I don't want to cry especially single moms, because I was a single mom. And I would really love to help moms grow their business, especially if they're a single mom or moms who feel stuck in relationships that they don't want to be in. I've seen even friends it happened to where, I'm going to try not to cry, (laughs) where, you know, they can't leave because they don't have the means. So my heart is there. And I really want to do like more in business and teaching other moms how you can do it from home with not a lot of time, but just really putting your whole self in it is something that you, whatever passion is that you love, that you can help somebody who's not where you are yet get to where you are. There's a place for that for anybody, really. And I think sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't have anything to offer, but you do. Because even just personal experiences, you don't have to be certified or I've just seen so many people succeed. I mean, you think of people who are big now, Oprah Winfrey, like it was her degree and what she did, like it it wasn't, you know, so so many people have skills that can help the next person. I think a lot of moms have it, but sometimes we're so like run ragged and just need a bit more balance and guidance and just a way to like make that path. And so I really have a passion for helping other moms find balance in business because you don't want to also just be that career person that you don't even really pay attention to your kids growing up too. So it's just like really finding that balance. And I realized that was a journey that I had to take. And I also want to help other moms with that too. But even just like the business aspect of, okay, how I use TikTok, how I use emails, how I use all these different things to help grow it to where it is now. And I think that I really see myself going a bit more in that direction. But I think we'll all work together because one out of three of those moms that work with business and will likely have diastasis recti will likely want to be on a fitness journey, a health journey. And so I think it's all meshed together. But these are just a part of who I am. I am a mompreneur. I am recovering from diastasis recti. I am trying to stay true, you know, help myself with self-care and fitness. And it should be part of our lives, whether we have diastasis recti or not. I'm passionate about wholeness and health because if as moms were burnt out or broken, 
when we can't really effectively take care of anybody. So I think self-care is very important and fitness is also part of that. I love your message. And I just want to give you another shout out. If folks are listening in and you want to tune in, maybe you're on your phone, check out TikTok and it's Mommy Mango, right? Yes. On on TikTok, on YouTube, Instagram? Yes, yes. Okay, great. I'm going to get back on that, but (laughs) (laughs) you're busy. You're busy. Yes. This has been absolutely amazing, Regine. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Some words of advice for women who are struggling with, some hope for them. What would you like to leave with them? I would say, after working with thousands of women, that you are worth the time that you spend on yourself. We tend to put ourselves last because we think we're doing the right thing, caring for everybody else. But if we're broken, like I said or if we aren't even just feeling good about ourselves or feeling strong, we can't help others as much as we think that we are. When I pinched that nerve in my back, I couldn't carry my baby. And I think that is a good analogy of how we tend to operate and we shouldn't. Regine, this was awesome. We thank you. It's been a blast learning of something that that is a niche that a lot of people don't know how to address. And we thank you for the work you're doing because I know my wife she was part of the beginning there and it's helped her she does the exercises regularly and so it's been a blast to learn about mommy mango there thank you guys so much for having me on here it's been a pleasure and meeting you all as well thank you for what you do it's amazing your passion is absolutely infectious thank you thanks to our listeners Check out the show notes at fitbod.me slash podcast for all the details from this episode. Download the FitBod app from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Use the promo code BUILT for a 14-day free trial. We'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment and a rating on your favorite podcast network. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.